you know, all this past month we've been talking about faith. I really appreciate that because coming into this church, I really have grabbed a hold of more and more what faith really needs to be in my life. I grew up in a, in a, in a time and a place where faith was just this thought, almost like this theory, like, oh, you're a Christian and faith is this part of that someplace out, out here. And as I was preparing this, I love Craig Rochelle too. He's very encouraging. And he says this. He says, faith isn't based on what I can see, but it is based on who he is. And I think a lot of times when we're building faith, it's about this thing that I've got to do this, and I've got to do this and that. And God's saying, no, just look to me. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. Yeah, how many times in our life do these things come up into our hearts and into our circumstances that try to detract us from pursuing him in that faith to understanding him, whether it's your wealth, your health, your job, your kids, whatever it might be, can try to become these almost arrows that the enemy tries to constantly bombard us with. And I originally started out this message about the shield of faith because I felt Father breathing on that and then got a little tweaked because... Thankfully, because of Lindsay, she kind of looked at things, but she, but also I feel the fathers want us to really be able to be intentional with our words in this time and season. Intentional about pursuing him, not neglecting the gathering together, not allowing just the things that would be these arrows, these fire arrows that want to constantly bombard us at times, but to, to pursue him, to be equipped in the spirit as well. You know, when I was a kid, do we have those photos ready by chance? I don't, I don't know if we'll get to all this, but when I was a kid, I loved archery. And I uh, had my dad go through the photo album and send me a picture. This is a picture of a picture of me and my first time learning how to shoot a bow. And I loved archery because I loved the fact how Robin Hood could make these arrows just go wherever he wanted. It's almost magical. And yet, do you understand when it comes to um, shooting a, an arrow from a bow, it's more than just drawing back. There's a lot more things to it. First of all, you got to stand the right way. you got to know which eye you have as dominant. Um, how many of you know that? Do you have a dominant eye? And I could teach you that, but that's not the point of this. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really cool trick on how to do that. You have a dominant eye, so you make, which makes you a certain-handed way that you, sh either you shoot a bow or even a rifle or, or throw. So you got to have all these things in, in line in order to, be able to simply just shoot an arrow. But over time, you build your strength. And I, I was doing this as a kid. My, my parents were trustworthy enough. And in the, in the States, it's a bit easier just to go out in your backyard and shoot a bow. And we had a big chunk of property. And it was safe. And so I had, I had guidance. I wasn't just doing this by myself. And my dad showed me how to, to do all these steps, how to get the right form and how do, you know, you watch anybody that's never shot a bow, they go up and try to put an arrow on the string. The arrow's going, because you're, you're trying to put it on there, and your fingers are trying to figure out what to do. And as you get the, into the form, and you get the form down, the stance down, the draw, the strength down, all of a sudden, wow, you can shoot an arrow. That doesn't mean you can hit the target. you got to practice. you got to persevere. you got to build almost an intuitive response in shooting. Do we have that? I didn't send that one. Oh, that's okay. Well, imagine me as a little kid shooting a bow. <laughs> uh, it's probably lost in the email someplace. It's okay. And so, oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Because of my miscommunications and changing things, I had said it, Andrew, a few <laughs> different emails with these this media. Anyways, 
And all that being said, I came to learn that archery is more than just this thing that you do. I had to trust in my skills that I'd made, the teachings and being obedient to those teachings to build almost a faith to be able to shoot an arrow and hit the target where I wanted it to. Now, modern-day archery shows a lot of bows that are called compound bows. I'll give you a quick little oversight. They have cams, which are just fancy wheels that through all interesting physics with little cables and tension and all this stuff, you know, loaded potential, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, allows an arrow to be shot very accurately and very quickly. Back in the day, they didn't have all this fancy stuff. They had basically a, a wooden, yeah, it was a, yeah, natural materials, and it came down to a, a intuitive way to trust as you practice, you build this skill in your life that you could go and you could shoot, you become a warrior. Some of the most deadliest warriors in the ancient times were archers because they could constantly shoot almost in a, like a rhythmic way. Yeah, it, very fast. Not that this, let me pull an arrow out, knock it. It was like this, they could literally pull and shoot, pull and shoot, pull and shoot. It's like rapid fire arrows. I've watched the history on some of the stuff and some guys can train themselves to do that today. Archery today is very simple compared to that. And, and so, in short, when it comes to building faith in our life, don't despise small beginnings, number one. Number two, know that it's powerful. And three, it's specific to you. You know, I was writing these thoughts down, and, and faith is something that you have to value. We are all given a measure of faith. Do we have that picture, that little mustard seed? We, everyone knows what a, mustard, a normal mustard seed looks like, right? Jesus said, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, to me, that doesn't look like that in the reality can move a mountain. But it's the idea and the intention behind that and trusting in that little bit of faith that as you nurture it, you build it and allow it to grow and take root, it can move mountains. You know, if, honestly, if you give it time as well, and patience is a key virtue in faith, if you take that seed and, say, plant it on a boulder where there's rock and soil on top, eventually over time, I bet you that that mustard seed will grow into its tree or that shrub that it turns into, grow into the rock, and the roots will cause that rock to break and come apart and be removed. I look at, I think about it in that way, uh, that mountain, that, that immovable thing that you can't do in your own strength and effort. But if you give it time and nurturing, you can allow your faith to build over time and take root into your life to bring stability and breakthrough. You know, and I was talking about the shield of faith, and I, and I, I was um, wanting to go on all these aspects about the shield. But the do you realize that when Paul was writing to his epistles in Ephesians about the spiritual armor, and we've all heard about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, all these things, but the shield itself given to the Roman soldiers in that time were given to them in a measure. The soldiers weren't all given a universal one-size-fits-all shield. Each soldier was measured specifically to their height to have a shield custom-made to them to their height because they could be protected entirely. The shield is meant to protect the, sh the soldier at that time completely. And they had different types, and we can get on to those specifics. But I want to encourage you, you've each received a measure of faith that we're meant to be holding up and maintaining and staying firm in as we pursue and seek the Father 
don't underestimate your faith being smaller than someone else's. We've all been given a measure of faith. Maybe you have faith to, to trust the Father in a way uh, with your resources, say your, your job. Maybe you have faith to pray for people. Maybe you have faith for finances or to, to encourage someone else. Or maybe you have faith to simply just be available. Don't despise small beginnings in these things. As when we steward that, as I said with archery, as you build these skills and this persistence in this form, you'll be able to hit that bullseye a lot more accurately, consistently, as you trust in that and build that and know that it's valuable. And because no, nobody in archery starts out just perfectly hitting the target right after the other. It takes time. Don't despise small beginnings as you come into even areas of faith where you're going to be stretched. Because I feel the church is being stretched right now in the faith. We're being stretched to trust the Father like we've never had to trust Him in certain aspects. D- despite COVID. Despite w- what the world wants to say, we're being stretched. God wants to, to expand our, our horizons as we trust Him and build in Him. And it does say in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings. Now, I know it has a bit more to do with a different circumstance, but we can pull on that truth out of that. Do not despise small beginnings. We've got to have value in our faith, value in yourself. And I love what Bill Johnson even says. He says, Jesus responds to whatever measure of faith you have. I think that's very true. Wherever faith you have, Jesus is always going to respond to that. You look at the disciples when they were, this is, I think, just before the ascension. They were the boys, uh, the boys. <laughs> the disciples were men, but maybe, hey, boys, get over here. You know, I don't know, maybe it's a bit more leisure. But, uh, you know, they, were, they came to this place with this possessed boy who has had seizures. And out of their own efforts, they could not see this boy delivered. Yet Jesus walks up to him as a good uh, rabbi, teacher, and, and got, you know, word made flesh, encourages him, almost says, you a little faith. He's almost, Jesus is kind of saying, when am I going to be done with your kind of thinking? <laughs> Don't you trust me? Haven't you seen the things that I am? Don't you know who you are in me? And as we don't despise these small beginnings, if we trust him, we build these things in our life. I know we have the opportunity to awaken to our identity more than we ever have. I had it written down here somewhere where Jesus was describing that. What did he say here? I think it was in Matthew. Bear with me here. Oh, I lost it. Anyways, the point is, is that as we do that, sometimes some things that we pursue for the Father in, and we're pursuing faith in, this doesn't come down to these tasks that we've got to mark the boxes. Yes, at the end of this story, this word that he couldn't see this boy delivered until Jesus came, then did, did it. He says, okay, it'll move out of the way. He says, only this comes out by prayer and fasting. 
It's becoming aware into the things in the life, trusting in the Father. He's calling you to be obedient with these small things, becoming obedient into the, the areas of your life that maybe sometimes it challenges your own concept and thinking. Because the Father wants to use each one of us in specific areas that we have influence in to see his love ex- extended, to see his kingdom expand, to pursue that heaven-invading earth consistently and constantly, and not giving up, holding that form as an archer would. Number two, and just now I want to go quickly through these. I love this. This is not my own thinking. This came from uh, Pastor Dan Moeller in the States. He said, doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. I think that's a great statement. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs when it comes to faith. And he said this also. He says, it's not so much about how loud you pray, how loud you speak, how much time you spend with God, or how, how we fast or how we dance. But it's about faith to know that he always comes through. I think too many times, sometimes, I know we're meant to sometimes to press in and do things and trust him. But I think we get caught up so much in the doing that we forget about being as sons and daughters. Letting him breathe into your life. This is that simple pursuit of pursuing him in faith. Doubting your doubts and believing your beliefs. This is like what Paul was writing in the Ephesians, where it starts to talk about the armor. He says in uh, Ephesians 6.10, finally, finally, like this is it. I'm not going to say it again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, power in this, from my understanding, Greek meaning of power in this is dunamis. We've all heard of this. The doom in this power is a miraculous power to be able to put on the whole armor of God, as it says in verse 11, that it might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be strong. Doubt your doubts. Believe your beliefs. God is always faithful. And I just want to encourage you guys, too, that for us that are here, to be an example to those arrested in this church as well as as we find times that are uncertain each week sometimes, know that we need to stay connected. Know that we need to be able to encourage one another in your home and amongst your friends, in your, your social groups. Don't let certain things become a constant permission, more or less, to stay isolated in your heart. Sometimes we need to be isolated physically for obvious reasons. But what I feel the Father breathing on in this season is to not become isolated in our thinking in our hearts so that we can be stronger together. Distance, does, distance is going to matter when it comes to, like, I'll see in isolation from COVID. We have to kind of do things from a distance. Be at a distance when you're speaking to someone. You go out shopping. You can't come in unless you have your green tick. Whatever it might mean, that doesn't mean anything about you and pursuing Christ and being able to extend that to your brethren in the church. As my ending in this, your faith bonds us together. I couldn't say it's more better than that. We sit in this church, we're better together. Our faith bonds us. You know, like, again, going back into the Roman uh, attire. You know, I know, I realized that Romans back in that day were not 
kind of highlighted like they are today was we reflect on them. And they were this, this military force that was invading a country and trying to take over. <laughs> I get that. But there's aspects on how they did things that I think that speak more today and as we do, as we read uh, even in Ephesians. Do you realize that when the Roman soldier, and I learned this even the other day, I love the different parts of the armor because it's really significant to us as we apply it to our faith. Do you realize that, do you know what the most important part of the armor is? Does anybody know here the most important part of the armor and all the parts of the armor? It's, it's not the helmet. It's not the breastplate. It's a lot simpler than that. It's not even the shield. It's the belt of truth. If you look at a Roman belt made for the armor, it holds everything in place and together. And for without going into too much description, on the front it had these long leather tassels, usually plated in metal, that protected the girded your loins with truth. The Roman soldiers, obviously in that time, were all men who obviously, probably for their own reasons, wanted to be able to reproduce in the future. And when the enemy comes to attack you, he will attack you to where you can leave a legacy. He will attack you in your ability to reproduce what heaven has to do in your life. And if you're not girded with a belt of truth, which will protect you and take the energy out of those blows, because that's what it does, actually. You can't see it on the outside, but underneath, it is the most essential part of the armor, because without it, you cannot wear the breastplate to which it connects and brings it together. You cannot hang your scabbard or your sword as well. You cannot put the rest of the armor together and have it on your person without the belt. Your faith bonds us, becomes that belt in this church and in this time. It is valuable, sometimes unseen. I want to encourage you, do not lose value in that because the persistence in faith doesn't make room for unbelief. And I do want to encourage you, it is in Proverbs too, when it comes to finding times where he can't be together. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So when you feel that maybe you're feeling isolated, I want to encourage you, pick up a phone. Reach out to one of us. Write a prayer request. If you're a, a small group, connect group leader, Make sure you're reaching out to your people in your home group, whatever that looks. The words here we use for our, our, our groups are connect groups and then micro groups for those two or three that we're trying to encourage your neighbor maybe. Don't give up on that. You know, maybe your neighbor next door needs to know that you have, gosh, we have the gospel of peace in our lives, in our minds, in, our, in operating in ourselves. If your neighbor doesn't know that, man, what an opportunity Right now in this time for the world to come, they're waiting for us to waken up and give us these, these truths and this hope of an eternal salvation. To the world, it's just this thing, well, you just die and become nothing. I'm sorry, I don't like that. I don't know about you. I'd rather live my life faithful knowing that I have an eternal hope and residence in heaven. Basically, we're all going to end up having one or two places to go eternally. We're going to live eternally someplace. And hopefully your neighbor is coming with you. Let me just end with this because as we get ready for the next uh, service coming in. In Mark 9.23, Jesus said, If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. 
And I think one of the easiest ways to, in this time to build our faith is to stay connected, to pursue the Father without a, a checklist of things to go through, but simply pursuing Him in every day in all things. As I'm learning, we even when having children, now they have two little girls, which I'm highly blessed with, I don't have that free time to do my quiet time like I used to do. I have to be mindful of that and value that you maybe that minute where I'm going to the grocery store just to communicate and just enter into that presence. Just tune into him consistently and constantly. Build your faith in this time. Like again, going back to the archery thing, keep that form, keep that stance, keep drawing back because you watch as you aim, you're going to keep hitting that bullseye to which I did as a young kid. Later at one time, I got my skill set down to where I took a, I took a really close shot because it's easy to hit a target when you're close. But it was when you have to have faith in your skills and your training to go further away to be able to hit the target. And I did that, and I challenged myself constantly at distance because I was going, well, I want to see if I can do this from way down there <laughs> just because that's what I did. I love doing it every day. And I went out probably 50 yards with this little plastic bow, and I drew back, and I trusted my training, and released that arrow, and I watched it hit the bullseye. And I was like... Nobody was around, just me and probably birds. <laughs> I was going, woo, look at that. I was so pumped up that I hit the target. And in this time, keep that persistence. Don't give up. Take chances to reach out and build your faith. Come around testimonies and, and get excited about the things that God has done and is, is doing and will do in your life and in your community. 